Ahoy, welcome to the Design That Scales podcast. I'm Benjamin Williams. And I'm Anna Gambrell. This is the go-to source for non-designers to get the latest design tips and tricks to scale their business. In today's episode, we will be chatting about how to know if your brand is working or not. If you're unsure if you need to evolve your brand or start from scratch, here's how you can find out. So tell me, Anna, how's your morning been today? It's been a, a nice morning. I've taken it slow. I've done a bit of Tai Chi. I'm learning learning how to hold the oh. mood, you know, how to push the waves away, bring the energy in. It's very, you know, it's it's very calming. And so I'm, I'm loving starting my day that way. What about you? Have you done the uh, dragon's tail whip yet? Oh, yeah. There's a there's a whip uh, where you hold it up high in the above your head. Is that the one? No, no. It's a movement. Like you have a tail. <laughs> <laughs> you have a real tail. I don't think. Uh, I... No. Fun fun to learn. It's really awkward uh, looking at people do it for the first time. <laughs> Amazing. I'll check it out. That would be my go-to. Yes, oh, you'll be whipping before you know it. <laughs> whipping your tail back and forth. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, my morning has been good. Just got up early, went for a walk, caught the sun rising, uh, and now I'm ready for the day. Yeah, did you catch any photos this morning? You always get a good sunrise photo. Not this morning. Um, I'm, I'm doing a challenge at the moment where I got to do two creative things a day. Um, so I did. I do photographs every other day, um, but I left my camera in the office, so, so no morning snaps this morning. Just just walking, listening to some calming music on the way in. Mm, beautiful. Nice to mix your week up, a different different focus for the morning. Um, you've you've right, got to I keep thought, it fresh during lockdown. <laughs> that's so true, isn't it? You've got to find ways to to stay inspired and, and connected. Um, and we, we thought it would be a good idea today as well, speaking of creative inspiration, to sort of talk about the journey of 55 Knots and the recent rebrand that you took the business through by sort of having a look at the whole journey and two years ago, you know, when it all started, what the brand looked like and how it's evolved, you know, to, to come to life today. So how does that sound? Sounds groovy. Sounds groovy. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. So I'd love to find out a bit more, Ben. Um, obviously, I wasn't sort of on the team when you initially launched the business, but I would love to find out, I guess, when you first, you know, created the brand. Um, and if you could tell us a bit about, you know, what what you were wanting to create in 55 Knots, um, the, the brand experience, what, what was your goal? Sure. Um, it's all right that you weren't on the team. It was just me for a whole year. <laughs> uh, but when I launched 55 Knots, uh, it, well, 55 Knots, for those who are wondering, means it's the... Some people think it's 55 Knots as in tied knots, but it's actually a reference to wind speed. So when you get to 55 Knots of wind, you actually get... Um, it's the Beaufort scale um, for you sailor nerds, and it means basically a storm. So you've got 55 knots, then you've got, which is a storm, and then you've got a strong storm, and then you've got like a hurricane or a cyclone. So the whole idea behind the brand uh, was that we wanted to make a creative impact, the same sort of impact a storm would make, um, I guess, to, to the ocean or to the land or to the trees. Uh, that was the whole idea behind 55 knots. So we wanted to be a powerful brand a storm that was going to make a big impact in the, our clients' businesses. And that's sort of the original feel or vibe that I was going for with the words 55 knots and plus being a, a sailor, um, 
I really wanted to bring in some nautical tones, but um, I would never want to be caught out in in the sea during fifty five knots. <laughs> so it's good to know safe sailing. You know, it's it's all in the brand, yeah. but not, not in the real world. Um, thanks Ex for the disclaimer on that. Not encouraging people to go out in fifty five knots. <laughs> I've done 47 knots and that was scary enough. So I don't want to try 55. Look at you bragging. Hello, sailor. I, I didn't, I did not think I was ever going to make it back to shore, but we did. Thank you. Thanks for talking through. I'm, I'm so glad that you did. Um, but I think what I love, Ben, is that, you know, so much of your personality comes into this brand and this business. You know, you've always been someone that does love the water and, and love sailing and, and sort of loving the energy of the sea. So it's really cool to feel even in my experience of the brand now with you, that passion of, you know, of, of sailing and the water coming through, through all of the touch points of 55 knots with customers. So love it very much. And, and could you tell us a bit about the sort of the color palette and how you decided on that um, when you first started? Well, my favorite color is red, um, but <laughs> that's not necessarily why I went with red. So mm -hmm. we actually went with red um, for two reasons. Red is energetic. Uh, it's usually a fast color. Um, so, you know, 55 knots is fast in terms of wind speed. And also the logo that we had when we launched was like just a square with, mm -hmm. a, uh, with a red square with a black square in the middle, which is the international storm, uh, international flag for a storm. So when a storm of that is a uh, power is approaching, they'll like, raise these flags to warn people about mm -hmm. the impending storm. So that's sort of where the color came from. It was mostly red. And black with like stormy images um, and white, uh, but it was most that was the original color palette, and it started out in grey, um, but that was the general tone was just black, black, white, red, and grey. Mm. Yeah, brilliant. Um, interesting to tie it in with sort of an international symbolism there with the flag, so it's sort of something that that people can recognize, but also love to hear the color theory and, and what it all means, because I guess that's all pretty subconscious, isn't it? When someone looks at a color and feels a certain reaction. It is very subconscious. Um, you know, a lot of people have come to me and actually said that the brand makes that made them feel like we would do stuff really fast, <laughs> so, um, uh, which we do. Uh, it could be a detriment to us sometimes because <laughs> that's not what the intention was originally. Uh, it was about making an impact, and not being the fastest in the biz. You know, <laughs> so yeah. Well, when you when you feel the need for speed, you know, it just it happens, and and you've sort of led into a nice point, which is around what do people sort of think when the brand launched? And I know you're someone that is you know constantly talking to people and asking for feedback to con continually optimize and transform everything that you do but i'm really curious to know what were the initial bits of feedback that people had on your brand so i didn't really ask people too much feedback on the brand initially so the first few months i just did what I, just went with my gut and do what i wanted and, and most people liked it they got it they got the brand they got they got i guess when i started most people knew me as well so they kind of they kind of knew the brand was very much me because uh, they all knew, everyone knows how much I love the ocean and sailing and, and all that sort of stuff. So it all made sense why I went down this path. Um, I guess probably in the end of 2019, so sort of at the end of the first year, the start of 2020, I started to ask people what they thought about the brand. And then um, it's kind of when I started to listen to people and they kind of started to tell me that the storms kind of made them feel scary, scared and stuff like that. So I started to rethink the brand a bit and I started to kind of change it to um, be a softer tone and less about storms and more about smooth sailing and mm -hmm. uh, you know calm beaches. So I started to go on a different 
position with the brand, yeah. um, which which was just fine because we still had a very, and then I but I to, to kind of compensate with the, the less stormy stuff, I kind of started to up <laughs> up the nautical terms. We started to do a lot of um, nautical tone of voice, like just puns galore. <laughs> the spotlight store. <laughs> love the rhyme and, yes. and love, love the puns, Ben. What, what are some of the what are some of the words that we like using? Obviously, savvy is a nice one we drop in, but also, um, yeah, what are some I of think the... savvy came from savvy came from you, which is a very um, uh, Johnny Depp inspired Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Sav- savvy. Uh, then we we don't want to swindle your loot. Mm-hmm. Um, is another one or your treasure trove uh of course the one i miss the most which is the one we say every day uh it's the most used word at 55 dollars which is ahoy there yes uh we say we say that a lot um yeah basically any time we could use a pun we would use a pun um <laughs> but those are the ones the main ones i can think of off the top of my head mm. No, that's plenty. That and I think ahoy there. <laughs> all of all of it is it's it's very playful, like it's very relatable, and and I think it's fun because it it, it feels adventurous. You know that relation to you know we love we love our parts of the Caribbean, but it, it just has a sense of adventure and excitement and discovery, which um, to me it really yeah is is about what fifty five knots is for brands is is unlocking that discovery and that impact. Yeah, indeed. So it's really interesting to find out sort of that journey of really going with your gut feel and, and building a brand based on your passions and, and the impact that you want to have, um, that you've always wanted to have. But I'm really curious, Ben, to sort of know, you know, with that feedback that came around, oh, maybe you should, you know, storm scary, maybe it should be more gentle, like smooth sailing. You know, what were the, the changes beyond sort of some of those puns that you started to make in the look and feel of the website itself? Um. So we kept with that color palette, but then we started to go down a more cartoon route. Um, we started to um, pull away from storms altogether. So we started to go um, into, well, we had planned names then. So that's kind of when we started to launch the subscription service. Surprised that it wasn't. Um, so mm-hmm. we started to, re- our, our planned names were originally around wind speed. Mm-hmm. And then we pulled back and then we changed them to, uh, titles for people on ships so you know our first plan was called navigator uh then captain and admiral we didn't have any reference to storms any further after that and we started to get a little bit more just our messaging changed and it wasn't too bad like it it was still work it worked for us still for most of the year mm-hmm. um but yeah it just started to pull away from my original vision about how we were going to make an impact in the business and it started to become just a bit more about like price and um, yeah, it just started to lose. It had pers- we had a load of personality um, still. Um, it wasn't until probably the end of last year when I asked for fee- feedback again, where I got more feedback of people saying that the nautical puns and that well, they didn't quite get it, and I felt like it was too much. So I started to take them all out, and then and then someone told me that the cartoon look was you know. It's, maybe too cartoony for them and didn't, didn't like that. So I started to take that out. And then what I ended up with by the end of the year was just this website that looked nothing. Sorry, it wasn't at the end of the last year. It was in, probably start maybe March this year. Uh, ended mm-hmm. up with a website that just had taken out all of the personality, all of the things that I liked. Um, 
and it was just like a website about unlimited design and we just started to look like everybody else mm, so interesting all the different bits of feedback sort of and the little tweaks that you're making as you're receiving that feedback i, I was wondering ben because i think adding the color purple in was something that i really noticed with um one of the not the most recent rebrand yes. previously so why did you decide to add the purple in and, and what what provoked you with that color uh good question so we had a we had a period where I feel like red, black, and gray wasn't showing us as um, a design agency enough. So I actually brought in red, purple, um, I think it was yellow, mm. and I think there was a blue color as well, sorry, uh, to try and bring in the color. Uh, mm. And then over time, I just found that these other colors weren't working as well, and red and purple kind of just worked next to each other. So that purple ended up coming in for that reason, only just because it worked well with red. Um, there yeah. wasn't any theory behind it. Um, I mean, it is a prestigious kind of color. It's a royal color. Um, mm. And then from there, we kind of ended up being more purple. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, so it kind of became less and less, just more and more diluted um, and less away from, you know, what I would always tell my customers to do. And that is to think about how you want to be perceived when people see your brand and the adjective. Mm. So when I say what adjectives do you want people to think? So when people see your brand, they want to think, oh, this looks premium, or this is cool, or they look approachable, or they look fun. Mm. Um, a lot of those adjectives I stopped doing for our own brand because I was too focused on listening to what people in my target demographic said that they wanted. Um, and then it just became a big a bit of a wish-wash because I feel like they maybe they want this, but they're playing it too safe. Um, and so we end up with this very safe website that couldn't differentiate itself from all of our competitors and it just kind of blended in and it was just it was doing okay um, then the performance just kept getting worse and worse wow yeah it's so interesting that word dilute that you use this idea that you are bringing in all these different bits of feedback and trying to keep everyone happy in a way that they think they need to be happy but interestingly perhaps it's like you say it's maybe playing it safe is actually not serving a brand or, you know, and it's sort of how do you be a pioneer in pushing forward and changing that? And I, I do just have a quick question. You mentioned too cartoony with some of the feedback you got. And I, I guess I'm wondering, you know, when you say cartoons, do you mean sort of the illustrated character look? Yeah, so we, um, we went from like photos and storms and videos to um, a couple of illustrations of uh, our captain, our mascot, which is Captain Coco. Uh, mm -hmm. And then his style started to get overtake the the, the site because um, a lot of our competitors kind of do the same thing, like Kimp, for example. Um, and then it became this big koala, like Muriel, Muriel, Mario. <laughs> You're terrible. You're terrible, Muriel. Uh, uh, so we ended up when you got the website, you got this big image of Coco on the beach, and like I love the image, but then it was probably cheapening our brand uh, because mm -hmm. it looked. It didn't look cheap, it just didn't look prestigious or premium in any shape in, in any way. Um, and then we had all our icons. and Anyway, so we were just a bit overdone with the illustrations. Mm. Overbaked. Just another point on also about diluting this. We used to have this thing, um, which I loved, and used to get a lot of comments, and Australians were like, is that we had a no crap or your money back guarantee. <laughs> um, and as I got more diluted and started to worry about being more and more professional, I took away this guarantee. Um, mm -hmm. So it just became a money-back guarantee. And then, you know, so it started to lose. And I thought that was quite, um, I don't know, what's the word? 
I, I thought that sort of terminology was quite risque and um, you know kind of fun at the same time um, <laughs> and makes me always think about what brand are you creating like what people do you want to work with? Like, I want to work with people who want a no-crap guarantee, not the people who want a money-back guarantee, you know? So you want to attract the right people yeah. um, that you're going to enjoy working with, not just about the money. 100%, yeah, attracting the right audience that resonates with the same values you have as a business, like being super real, super authentic, pushing through, having impact, love it all. And, and I think another point that you made, which was super interesting around um, looking at your competitors and you know I think a lot of people can feel the impulse to go oh, I need to do the same as my competitors but maybe do that thing but better but sometimes it's not about doing the same thing and better it's it's about just doing something completely different to your competitors um, is that something you would say is part of the sort of creative process I would always I would always say this to people as well like um, don't look at your competitors um, and then when your numbers start to drop, you can't help yourself but to look at your competitors and go, what are they doing? What are they doing that I'm not doing? Um, and then you kind of start to kind of imitate um, or start to do the same terminology they're doing because you think that's going to help with your conversion. Um, well, they're saying this here, well, maybe I should be talking about that on my website as well. Mm -hmm. And I found that even though I could have say the same thing as my competitors in my own way, of course, it didn't actually help. Mm. Uh, because if you've got seven websites and they all look the same, uh, you're, you're giving your customers decision fatigue, like making them, it's very complicated for them to choose. So then they're probably going to go by price um, or uh, I don't know what the other, or maybe who has the biggest amount of clients or the most reviews. So by looking like your competitors, I don't think you're doing yourself a favor. I mean, imitation is the best form of flattery. So if people are copying you, that's great. <laughs> um, because obviously, because I think that's that's good, but I think if you're trying to imitate a competitor that's bigger than you, you're probably not going to get the same results as they are. 100%, yeah, particularly if you're trying to, you know, do something that's never been done before and go bigger, you know, than than what has been done before. So it's it's about being a pioneer, and I, I love all yes. of it. <laughs> well, choose you know, your own adventure. Choose your own adventure, that's true. That's what it's just <laughs> about design, this is about going sailing the high seas of your creative imagination i mean even from our subscription point of view i actually did better when i didn't when i thought it was my own I, when i thought it was an original idea because i kind of had this idea about credits for subscriptions so it was originally like a you give us this amount of money we'll give you this amount of credit mm. um so i thought oh i'm so like i'm so you know modern and fresh with this idea and i didn't think there was competitors um so when i was thinking in that mindset i was actually getting better results from what I was doing because I wasn't like anybody else. My terminology was completely different mm -hmm. and I was doing things in a different way. Mm -hmm. um, but it's when you start to mold your messaging and your outreach the same way as everybody else. It's yeah, it's like the results start to not perform as well. It's so cool that you found that, that sort of true voice that you really wanted to bring through in your brand and, and having been through the journey of it being diluted. So yeah, I appreciate you sharing that that full journey. And, and I'd love to know, Ben, there was a recent rebrand. And I think for context, what I would love to tell people is that you and I had a session together one day. And I know you've been speaking to lots of other people. Where we sat down and we kind of just went through the existing website with that, you know, that purple and red look. And we started to implement like a, a vision message and restructure things. And it was this deep dive. And then I remember a few days later, you're like, that's, I'm pulling it down. I'm doing the whole thing again. It's starting from scratch. <laughs> so we spent a solid time on it. But it, it was really interesting because it was like, it's not about just making little changes to the one that's there. It's like going, now nah, we need to go to evolution time from 
it's a, it's a tear it down and start from from the top or start from the bottom, whichever direction you're building in. Um, but I'd love to know, yeah, what was that moment of you, that aha moment of I just need to, now is the time to, to rebrand and rebuild? Yeah, good question. So it kind of goes back to my opening. Um, mm -hmm. I got asked this question the other day, like how do I know if my brand's performing for me or not? Um, and I said to this person, um, well, is your brand currently getting new clients? And are they the clients that you want? So they're the right audience. So we got to a point when uh, we were having a massive downturn in uh, subscribers. So our acquisition was a lot lower than our churn rate. And in our industry, we had to natural average churn rates about 20%. So I couldn't keep on top of it and it was going down and down. Uh, and I just remember looking at the website and just going, what am I doing wrong? Because we basically got to a halt. So we have, we're having no inquiries, we're having no trials, uh, you know, spending lots of money on advertising and it was just not working. Uh, mm -hmm. And so at this point, I kind of decided to get rid of my coach for a while um, <laughs> as well uh, and, decided, and decided I just needed to lean into my gut and stopped, stopped going out for validation and looking for other people's opinions and go, what is my gut telling me? Mm -hmm. uh, and my gut was telling me that we just, we weren't living up to the adjectives that I wanted. We weren't making an impact. You got to our website and, and I wanted people to go, these guys are cool. Um, I, wanna, I wanna be cool like them. I want my designs to be as cool as theirs. Like blow their socks off. Mm -hmm. um, so I decided it was time for a complete overhaul of the brand. I wanted to go, I went back over my um, statistics throughout the last two years and had a look at when we were performing the, the best. Um, and kind of went, why were we performing well back in November last year? And then I had a look back and it was back before I added purple. It was back before I listened to people and diluting my messaging and taking out the nautical stuff. It was back when we had a no crap guarantee. Um, so I decided that we were gonna go back to the vision I had and so ripped the whole thing down. <laughs> um, messaging, messaging, funnily enough, didn't really change. Um, it was very similar messaging. I just rebranded the entire look. So the message, all of what we were saying in terms of how it all works and all that didn't really change. It was just that we pulled it, we created a black website, which nobody in the industry is doing. Mm -hmm. um, even though some people, t even though some people told me, "Oh, black doesn't work. You won't get conversions." I said, "Nope." I was about to, about to swear then. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not going to freaking listen to you. I'm just going to do it, uh, and we'll see. So. Um, so we did that. I introduced some color, some neon colors. We pulled back all of our nautical storm terminology, brought back the no crap, crap money back guarantee. Uh, and we've had a massive, like in the last six weeks since we've relaunched the brand, we've had massive amount of inquiries, demos, new subscribers. Uh, I think we're up, ooh, I think about 30 to 40% on revenue in six in six weeks just from doing a complete brand overhaul. Whew. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I think trusting your gut. Mm. Uh, um, it's a big thing. And even though our pricing hasn't changed, our plans haven't changed, our offering is still the same. It's just our brand that we changed. <laughs> You're like, design works, excellent design works. I rest my case, yeah. mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> Drop the mic. <laughs> so for me, the learning is, uh, what I took out of it is um, a couple of things. The first one is, what is your gut telling you? If it's telling you to do X, Y, Z, listen to your gut. Don't ask for other people's opinions, especially don't go and try and get validation. Because if, if you're pretty adamant that you want to make the, black, the website black, don't go ask for people's opinions because 
If they say no, no, you should have it white, then you'll start to doubt yourself. Mm. Um, and sometimes I think doubting yourself is the worst thing for your brain because you'll end up diluting yourself like I did um, instead of just going with my gut the entire time. So even though I love my business coach and I'm seeing him again now, um, having to go and do everything by my gut has kind of awakened me to trust myself more. And then the second one is to start tracking what you do with your brand. So beforehand, I never actually tracked any big changes to the site. So I constantly change things um, and then not track the results. So now on a week to week basis, I kind of, so like three weeks ago, I now know that we launched um, three sets of ads out into Facebook land. Um, and I know that we had the most trials we've ever had start in one week because of those ads. I know our ad spend was the same as we would normally spend. I know our inquiries had gone up like four times more than they would normally. And I also know that we also produce four times the amount of demos that we normally would. Um, and I'm just tracking each sort of change that we do now on a micro level and seeing how it affects our trials, our demos, our revenue and our churn, just to just to make sure that what we're doing is it's being tracked. So that way I can always go back and go, what did we do back then? Why do we have such big results then? And why do we have such terrible results this week? Uh, is it because the ads that we launched were not enough or we didn't have enough ads running um, and stuff like that. So that's really helping me keep on track. And every time I make a big change, uh, so say I wanted to go make the website purple tomorrow, because you know what, I'm like that, I do that. Uh, <laughs> it's true, it's true, but we love that about you though, Ben. There was one point you could go to the website just about every other day, it was different. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, so if I went and said, okay, I, this week I made the whole entire website purple and now we suddenly have no trials. Uh, we have the same amount of ads running, we have no inquiries, we have no demos. Then, then I'd be like, oh shit, oh shit. I need to get rid of the purple and go back to what I was doing because obviously that's caused the, some sort of conversion issue. So that's that's been my biggest learning is track everything. Yeah, that's and a good listen one. Listen to your gut. <laughs> listen to your gut yes and so like leaning into expert advice when you need it for certain things but then never straying from that real authentic gut feel of this is what's right for me i'll you know you can always listen to advice but you don't have to take it because you know what the right thing to do is um so i love that i love that the, the self the self-trust and not seeking validation and i think what you're talking about as well is building a bit of a playbook around similar to what we were talking about last week with the creative testing frameworks but you're being so regimented in tracking the changes that you are making across your different channels of marketing that it's so crystal clear what things are working and aren't so then you just have this go-to book of great we know these things have worked great let's implement it in this ad let's implement it in this iteration of a, a landing page for a promo or whatever it is it's just sort of creating this go-to you know quick win sort of guide which we all love and need and and i did i did want to call out ben that i think coco's had a really a really uh, dare i say sex oh, yeah. <laughs> what was that sex appeal Sexy. <laughs> he's a koala no, he's look he's been Jewish is probably the right term uh yes one of our clients said he went from cute and cuddly, cute and cuddly to fierce he's now a fierce koala bear um, <laughs> and he is ready to take on any design task that you could throw at him um he i guess he is now also a um <laughs> he now is what we call a kraken um, ink bounty hunter. So he goes and wrestles krakens in the ocean to absorb their creative ink, to juice it up for our team to, to drink so they can provide you with the best creative possible from the beast itself. Um, mm -hmm. As opposed Indeed. to just being the, f the friendly captain on the, uh, on the ship helping you through 
stormy seas. Mm. Now that's a it's a real niche career path for Coco there. <laughs> it's 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 not the job he wanted, but you know, it's the job he needed. Yeah, it's, <laughs> he's the superhero we needed to rescue our design. Um, so really appreciate it, Ben, and, and I'd love to hear about the evolution of Fifty Five Knots and and how you really just found the path forward to really unlock quick growth and 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 just have impact for brands. It's very exciting. Um, thanks so much. My pleasure. And I just want to leave one thing, uh, I guess one disclaimer before we go, uh, is if your brand is currently working for you, don't do what I did. Um, you know, if you're currently getting good leads, good sales and stuff, uh, if you are thinking you want to try a new brand look like I did, I would recommend doing a split test. So the reason it was okay in my instance is because we were, we had lost all traction. So it was fine for us just to go, you know what, F it, let's do it. Um, but if it's not broken 100%, I would be cautious about changing your whole brand. And what you can actually do is a split test. So you can actually go, this is what we want the brand to look like. Um, let's send half of our traffic to our current website, for example. Let's send the other half to what I, what the new brand might look like and just compare results. That would be the safer way to do it if you currently have a brand that's performing. Um, and of course, uh, I, we're designers, so we can obviously revamp our entire brand really easily at a low cost. Um, and so, yeah, just just some caution. Throw some caution to the wind. Well, don't throw caution to the wind, rather. Um, that would just be my tip so to make sure that if you want to do a brand overhaul, uh, you can do it the right way. But if it's not working for you now, go, go nuts. <laughs> go crazy. Go find the Kraken of, of creative juice and design a storm. <laughs> And thanks for listening to Design That Scales. If you do have any questions on finding and designing your authentic brand, follow us on Instagram at 55 Knots Agency. Send us a message and let's have a chat. We'll see you next week.